Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of That's What B Said, a Cleveland sports podcast. I am your host, Bree Rust at Breezy Clee, and I am joined by my fellow co-host, Brittany Mollis at Bird's Eye View and Meredith Kane at MK on Sports. Ladies, how are we doing this evening? I'm doing great. (laughs) Are you? I'm barely alive. (laughs) The truth comes out already. I'm just going to start crying into the microphone right now. I know. I know we we were talking before the pod where it's like, like everything's kind of stupid. Like sports are stupid right now. Real life is stupid right now. Everything is so stupid. This is the worst time of year. Like there's nothing happening. Every it's freezing. I can't explain what's been going on in my life. And now I'm I'm sorry that I sound funny tonight, guys. I still have that wire coming out of my mouth. It's, I'm a I'm a walking disaster. You should, so, I am a sight. she's stealing signs, guys. So That's I, what's was, <laughs> I am a fed. I was about to say. I think Brittany is. Uh, I think she's like part robot or something. And now the truth is coming out. <laughs> well, yeah, we have a we have a pretty hefty agenda, but we'll, we'll get through it, Brittany, with your wire. It'll be okay. okay. We'll, we'll recharge your batteries. <laughs> We'll plug you back into the wall when we're done. We're going to be talking a lot of Browns with Coach Kevin Stefanski. He is well underway in filling out his coaching and staff. And then we're going to get into a little bit of MLB. Speaking of um, wiring and sign stealing and a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of Indians chatter, too, to uh, wrap things up. As we said, it's uh, it's a little slow this time of year. And uh, but, you know, we are Cleveland. So there's always a lot of drama happening around us. Luckily, yes. Luckily, as yeah, I was getting this us. rundown done today, I was like, I was like, oh man, I guess we have to talk about baseball, huh? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, yeah, much to the chagrin right of and much to the chagrin of Brittany Mollis, we have to talk about baseball. <laughs> and then I'm long off season, man. I know, and I'm sitting here doing backflips because I'm so excited to talk about baseball. You're excited now, but wait till you hear my takes on the subject. I have oh. a lot. I have some fiery takes today. I am. I'm very excited for them. Oh God. Get All right, ready. well, we'll we will get there. At first, we're going to start with our Cleveland Browns and Coach Zaddy. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> I really think that's catching on. By the way, I I've I seen know a lot of tweets that just says Zaddy on it. I'm like, yeah. I have to rewind though. I have had so many people reach out to me, like Twitter and in real life, about their fellow wives, girlfriends, significant others that are now 100% on the Browns train just based on this hire. So I think what I said was accurate. The the Browns are getting a lot of female fans from this. Okay, so I want to put out a call to action to our listeners, uh, just so we know that you're listening and we know that you're uh, how much we love interacting with you. Every time we talk about the Browns or Kevin Stefanski on Twitter, I want you to hashtag Zaddy and let us know. <laughs> like every single time, hashtag it and let us know. I want to see how many people are talking about Coach Zaddy over here. Okay, so I have to tell you guys a funny story. Okay, it's my husband, my husband and my mom are listening. I don't this. I don't know. Sorry, guys. Here we go. So. You know, I, we were we said that on the pod. I said that on the podcast last week. I was joking about it, but then I quote tweeted Mac Wilson's tweet about he was all in on Stefanski. You know, it was like this hashtag that was kind of like he said, "Let's oh. ride, Coach Stefanski." Yes, thank you, thank you. So, so then of course, like everybody started jumping on that because he's a he's a good looking man. Sure. And so I quote tweeted it and I said, Zaddy. <laughs> I had someone DM me like, hey, are you married? And I was like, <gasps> yes, no. I am. And they were like, oh. And I was like, oh, because oh. I said Zaddy. So, yeah. Um, wow. I guess I need to be more clear. I was like, it's an inside joke podcast. <laughs> they were like, oh, OK. Yeah. And then a, they backed off. You should. Yeah. You should have uh, sent them the link to the podcast and had them listen. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I got to be more careful. OK. So Kevin Stefanski, speaking of Zaddy, he's well underway in filling out his coaching staff. And I uh, wanted to mention a couple of coaches on the staff that we are retaining from last year, which I think we are all excited about and we are welcoming. So oh, yeah. running backs coach Stump Mitchell, the beard. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about that one. And then we have. He was the only one that I was like nervous. I was like, they better bring him back. He's the only one I really cared about. So I'm very happy. Yeah. Beard, beard, respect beard, right? Maybe. Yeah. I have a beard. (laughs) (laughs) I meant Kevin Stefanski respecting. 
Mr. Mitchell's beard. <laughs> Honestly, I might have a beard. I haven't left the house in like five weeks. <laughs> Anything possible at this point. Oh my gosh, this is just off to a, a killer start right now. <laughs> oh, okay, so then we've also retained Coach Prefer from special teams, and um, he kept his assistant as well. So those two guys are back after a tumultuous year, but I think he made pretty good choices so far. Oh, yeah. So what's next here? So from a wide receiver's coach perspective, we have announced Chad O'Shea, um, who was – most recently with Miami as an offensive coordinator, um, but previously has held various roles in Minnesota. Um, he's been a wide receivers coach in New England, um, special teams coach. So I think this is something that maybe came a little bit as a surprise given um, just the relationship that OBJ and Jarvis Landry had um, with Adam Henry. And I don't know how you guys felt about this, but um it was quoted from Tom Withers. He was tweeted saying there needed to be a change in the receiver's room. So what does that say? I think it was kind of obvious towards the end of the year where you had, you know, our wide receivers kind of not knowing where to go, not lighting up properly, looking confused. It just didn't really seem like there was a lot of discipline um, on the wide receiver side. And I think it goes back to the whole like Browns need a leader, not a friend. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of where, uh, you know where Freddie Kitchens kind of failed is that he wanted to be everyone's friends, and that and that could have been the same situation with with Adam Henry wanting to be buddy buddy with OBJ and Jarvis Landry, and then you just don't have that discipline and leadership needed. So, um, you know, you have Chad O'Shea who is uh, part of the Bill Belichick coaching tree, and I think that kind of fills the quota for the you know football guy knows how to win. <laughs> Has, you know, been on a winning team, has won Super Bowls. So for the people who are upset about Josh McDaniels, like, think that Chad O'Shea is probably a good fill-in for that type of person that those people were looking for. See? Everyone's happy now. Yes, we're making everybody happy. Coach Zaddy (laughs) is just pleasing everybody. That's right. That's what he does. Don't say that. Oh, well, I think I think the other recent hire that everybody on Twitter was excited about, and this is like, can you get excited about an offensive line coach? I guess we as Browns fans can because um, he has hired Bill Callahan, who, again, has extensive experience in a variety of different positions. He has been a head coach before with the Raiders. Um, this past year, he was the interim head coach of the Redskins. Um, he's been the offensive line coach for them as well. Uh, he's been in Nebraska as a head coach. So again, I think a lot of people were excited about someone that has that experience from a head coaching standpoint coming in just to help our young head coach. So I think our our offensive line coach last year, um, Campin, was pretty solid. But mm-hmm. I think when you look at our offensive line play, you could argue that it probably wasn't where it needed to be. And listen, I'm all for Kevin Stefanski bringing in his guys to build the scheme that he wants to run. For sure. And, you know, the most important thing here is with such a young coach is just having experience. So far, everyone they, they're hiring or even considering talking to hirings, like they all have these very solid resumes. And, you know, they've worked on different teams. There's a lot of Vikings connection, which is good. Alignment, guys. Whoa. Alignment. <laughs> um, so I'm very happy. Uh, I, I didn't see this one coming. Like, I was kind of surprised. When I was like, oh, the Redskins guy, right? Yeah. So how about that? Yeah. I'm yeah. And then, you know, I, I don't think this came as big of a surprise, but Steve Wilkes was relieved of his duties. I know that he was being discussed at the end of last week about being retained for the defensive coordinator position. But now mm-hmm. um, there are reports not confirmed yet that Joe Woods from the 49ers, who is currently preparing for a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. um, is expected to take a um, promotion um, to be the defensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. As I mentioned, he's with the 49ers currently as a defensive backs coach and passing game coordinator. Uh, he has previously been with uh, the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Vikings. I think this is a place where, just given what happened last year with the defense, um, I honestly can't blame Steve Wilkes, but I think people would have been a little upset had he been retained. And... Yeah. Again, there were so many injuries last year. It's really hard to say who was at fault for what happened to the defense. 
Right. And it seems like with Steve Wilkes, there's a small percentage of people who like really super advocate for him. And you know, they say it's not his fault. The defense, it was in pieces. Everyone was injured, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I, I feel kind of bad for those people because uh, they do make good points. Like I don't, it wasn't all his fault. I think he he tried to do the best he could, but by the end of the year, like everything was just such a mess out there that I you kind of I wasn't shocked that they decided not to keep him around. Yeah, and uh, Todd Munkin uh, went to Georgia to be the head coach there. And uh, I pointed the tweet out to you guys last week, and I know, Brittany, you tweeted about it, but it had uh, his very extensive resume, uh, but it did not have 2019. Oh, my God. That was so (laughs) rude. Okay, first of all, let me just say something real fast. I can't stand Georgia. Like, I can't. And it's nothing. It's kind of like my feelings toward Dabo. There's nothing specific that happened, but, like, there are just certain whether it be players or coaches or teams that I can't stand. And Georgia is one of them, mostly because I feel like they're overrated every year. And, you know, fans everywhere are like, oh, Georgia. Bruh. And, you know, <laughs> they always end up fizzling out. And I'm like, hey, guys, I was right. And nobody cares. Um, so, yeah. I, also, I, I missed them I miss- first. I misspoke. I have to correct myself. He's going to Georgia as their offensive offensive coordinator, not as the head coach. But still, he went to Georgia. They announced it, and then they didn't include the Browns Good on for his, him. And you know what? Does, I still don't know. What did he do here? Uh, he okay. collected a very large paycheck. Here's what he did. This is what I believe he did. I believe that Todd Munkin actually drew up the first series of every single game that was actually the most competent series. And then Freddie Kitchens essentially was like, I'm not going to listen to anything else, anything else you have to say. I'm going to do it my way. That was actually my perspective. And if I were Todd Munkin, I would have been like, peace, I'm out. Yeah, you know, we had that. I've had those arguments with so many of my colleagues as to why the offense looked like night and day. Like the offense was Dr. Jekyll and, and Mr. Hyde throughout the entire season. And I'm like, I think it's pretty obvious that we've got the, you know, Dr. Jekyll and the Mr. Hyde offense. It's the Freddie Kitchens, Todd Munkin. But we just don't know who was who. Like, we don't know who was calling the good plays and who was calling the bad plays. And it seems... As the year went on, it looked more and more like Freddie Kitchens was the one calling the the Mr. Hyde plays. Yeah. Well, you bring up um, a very good point because we have um, some vacancies that need to be filled. And one of them is the offensive coordinator position. And I think there's a lot of questions floating around the Internet right now. Do we even think we're going to hire an offensive coordinator? Do we think that Coach Zaddy will be calling the plays? How how do we feel like this this offense is going to be handled from a coaching standpoint? And I personally think this is my opinion. I actually think that they want to pluck one of the offensive minds from the 49ers as well. And because they're obviously playing in a Super Bowl, they haven't reported out on that. So that would be LaFleur or McDaniel, mm-hmm. not the plural McDaniels. Let's mm-hmm. never speak of his name again. Thank you. But that's that's where my head is going. I I would find it very very interesting if we didn't even hire an offensive coordinator. I I would like get upset he, with that. Yeah, and I don't think he'll, I think he will hire an offensive coordinator. Can you imagine the fan outrage if he doesn't? <laughs> oh oh my, god. my god! I mean, we we've seen that book, and then we read the sequel, and then they both sucked. Like we saw it. With <laughs> but what, hold on, though. What would be worse if he doesn't like, hire an offensive coordinator, or if he hires one and then just does all the play calling? Because that's we're pretty much what happened. Both. Yes, for yeah. the past like you know two years or whatever. I, I don't know, guys. The past two coaches, yeah, because Hugh Jackson was calling the plays and it didn't work out well. And Freddie Kitchens tried calling the plays and it it didn't work out well. So I'm really, really hoping that Kevin Stefanski reads both of those books and says, "Okay, I don't want to be the third book in this awful trilogy. Right. Yeah. And I think we've talked about it before with Kevin Stefanski. What I like about him is the fact that he he seems to not have an ego. And if he has an ego, he doesn't let it get in get in the way. I truly think he wants to do the right thing. And if that means that he's not going to be the one to call the plays or make the final decision, I think he's fine for that. I I truly think he wants what is best for the team. Yes, 100%. Yeah, I would find it very... I don't think he's not going to hire an offensive coordinator. I I just think they're trying to figure out so many other pieces. And the GM is also another big piece (laughs) out of all of this. Uh, Which, you know, it's, it's been what over a week now since we've had a head coach and 
we've been interviewing GMs, and the one that keeps jumping out on the page is the Vikings' current assistant GM, George Payton, who is expected to have a second interview with the team this week. And this is pretty big because he's actually turned down previous offers uh, to be a GM. So Mm -hmm. I think this probably tells you a lot about what he thinks of Kevin Stefanski. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like it, if he does come, which I think would be a huge deal, um, you know, again, alignment, guys, we're getting <laughs> everything is falling into place exactly how it should be. And I would I would be thrilled if Peyton came here. Um, I think it really shows that Kevin Stefanski is sort of, you know, driving this bus, guys. He's it. He's, he's going for it. Driver. Let's let's just say let's say influential because driving the bus gives me like PTSD <laughs> flashbacks <laughs> to you, Jackson. Daddy is and driving it, the bus. And I <laughs> officially, I think Freddie Kitchens used that term at one point too. He did. I just, he like, did. It, Absolutely, he did. Oh, I made my skin crawl. I hate like I hate hearing that. That that phrase is ruined for me now. <laughs> thanks, Hugh. Yeah. Oh, hashtag thanks, Hugh. Well, so I did tweet today after the hiring of, I think, Callahan. I quote tweeted, and I said, it feels like the puzzle pieces are falling into place. Like, what what does Brown's Twitter feel like right now? Because we are a very vocal fan base, especially when it comes to social media. And I got a lot of mixed responses, which I expected just because there's just a lot of skepticism based on what we've had to endure. And especially over the last year and a half after coming off of a winning back half of the season in 2018. And I just have to say, I feel very calm about this entire process, which is (laughs) weird. Very weird that like calm is what I would use to describe how I feel about the Browns right now. But you've had that feeling a lot throughout the year. Like you had that feeling with Ohio State. You had that feeling with some of the Browns games. Like you're the most like serene person in Cleveland right now. I, I don't know why, because I'm usually not. But I will say like, I feel like, they, Kevin Stefanski and Dee Podesta, I'm hoping, are essentially making their decisions based off of Baker, Reagan, Mayfield. And I think that says a lot because I think we need Baker to get back to being himself and what he's good at. And mm-hmm. I think last year with Freddie Kitchens, we all bought in because we saw what they accomplished together. And they essentially set him up this year to be a hero and to play hero football. Mm-hmm. Our offense didn't have an identity. Baker wasn't co- confident. Um, and we saw that lack of identity translate into Baker Mayfield, even off the field in real life. He yeah. lost his swagger. Um, and I want to see him get back to the quarterback that we know he can be. And I think every decision that they are making centers around Baker. Absolutely. And it's silly to me that there are people who think that still the Baker Mayfield is not the franchise. He's not the future. He's not the franchise quarterback. They need to start looking at drafting a new one. I, I don't, th- to me, I know he didn't have a great year. Like we can all agree on that. Um, but I don't think I saw things that made me at any point want to give up on him and his potential and the future with him as the Browns quarterback. Like that never happened. And I, I want to see some consistency with Baker. I think uh, someone counted it out the other day where he's had 11 different guys over the past th- two years mm-hmm. with, with the scheme. So he's had, you know, Hugh Jackson, Greg Williams, Freddie Kitchens, Todd, um, Todd Munkin, Todd Haley, <laughs> the like Todds. The, <laughs> the, the Todds. Todds. <laughs> like he said, like I, I, I can't rattle off all of the offensive coaches that he's had. Um, since he's come to Cleveland, but I think the number was around 11 and he or, or 11 if you include what's coming up this year with Kevin Stefanski and whoever he hires. But like for a kid who's like 24 years old and coming out of college and trying to figure out his NFL identity and trying to figure out how to lead a team in, you know, one of the most visible positions in the in the country. Like, it's a lot, and it's confusing, and he's expected to act like a fully grown adult when he's still, like, I would still consider 24, you know, I I, I was a kid when I was 24, so I oh, think yeah, it's, you know, and so I want to see more consistency with him, and so that's why I don't want to hear the, 
you know, Baker isn't the future. Baker isn't the franchise. Like, well, and imagine how hard it is for someone like him to be in this position too. And I'm not, you know, oh, poor Baker, poor Baker. But he does have this attitude that he's always had throughout his entire career, where he's always trying to. He always has a chip on his shoulder. He's trying to prove people wrong. And this is the first season, you know, his first full season as a starting quarterback, and things did not go according to plan. And it seems like he just could not dig himself out of the hole. Um, and there was, of course, there was a lot of pieces around him that weren't there, a lot of chaos. The whole thing was, but for someone like that, you wonder what that did to his confidence. Um, I hope that he wasn't shaken too much. I'd, I'd like to think that he's not. But, you know, that's one of my frequent thoughts during the season was just, I hope that this doesn't hurt him mentally. Yeah, and I think Kevin Stefanski, from what we've seen thus far, even just in how he presents himself, how he speaks, a lot of what the former players have said about him is that he's the same person and he doesn't get flustered. And I think that's exactly what Baker Mayfield and this team needs. They just need some sense of calm around Mm -hmm. him because Freddie Kitchens was not calm at all i mean (laughs) he just didn't exude that type of like leadership or confidence and i think that's that's what baker needs he he needs to be a leader as a player but he also needs to have that guidance and the people around him that are offering the advice on what you should be saying in press conferences and maybe don't talk about that like he needs to be held accountable just as much as the next guy for sure and freddie always seems like to me (laughs) On Sundays, you know, if they had like a play, if they had a plan of any kind, which I don't know that they ever did, according to Todd Monken, they did. But like Freddie to me was like that season or that episode in the office. I'm always going to go back to office mm-hmm. because this is what's in my mind all the time. But remember when there was a fire when Ryan started the fire and Michael's like flying out of the building. He's like, oh, my God, it's happening. Like that seemed, <laughs> that's that was Freddie's coaching style. So anything <laughs> other than that is probably going to be OK. Oh, yeah. Right. Like our our bar is set so low. <laughs> I feel like you can't go lower. You know, do you think, like, do you think looking back on it now, was Freddie an improvement from Hugh Jackson? Uh, oh, man. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> might be the hardest question you've ever asked us on this podcast. I know. It just came to me, guys. Was he so- an improvement? Here's the thing about Hugh Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) He legit, we drafted a quarterback number one overall and Hugh Jackson like played this like he was coming in and saying, Baker, you've earned yourself the second spot on the roster. Like you earned the backup spot. Like that was so cringeworthy to me that I was like, okay, dude. Like everything was so cringe. Like when he was talking on the field, he's like, "Hey, fi- hey, six, hey, six. Why oh you- God! Oh, like God. he sounded like Michael Jackson talk. It was so <laughs> weird. I hated that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. I really did you, don't. Did They're you both see equally that, um, bad? Hugh Jackson said that he doesn't want to be judged for his Browns. Oh, I saw that headline and I refused to click on the article because it's I just like I, I just saw the headline. I, I like, know no, I'm, I'm not reading that. I am not going to read that. I do not want that poison in my brain. Like I've got enough <laughs> bullshit in my life right now that I'm like I do not want to have any more of that garbage in my face. I'm yeah. gonna laugh at the headline and keep scrolling. Wait, like, imagine if we could just take out the worst thing that we've ever done and say, you know what? I don't want to be judged for that, guys. <laughs> yes, like. <laughs> Like, like you've got a lifelong serial serial killer in jail. You know what, guys? I don't want to be judged for those 24 women I murdered. <laughs> Joe. Joe's <laughs> like, yes, there it is. Yep. I just don't want to be judged for putting people in a plexiglass yeah. cage in my yeah. basement. Yeah. Well, listen, the other news, though, is that Freddie Kitchens, I think, is being hired by the Giants. Wait, so, is he really? Oh, God. Yeah, but they don't know what capacity from a position, position standpoint. So janitor, Does somebody like owe him a favor. I don't know what's he happening. Is- like maybe the Giants are like worse ran than we are. Maybe he's got dirt on somebody there and he like emailed and be like, hey, if you don't give me some kind of job, I'm I'm going to send this tape or this email out. <laughs> I'm confused as to how he gets a job, but Todd Haley doesn't. <laughs> Todd Haley is. I don't know what happened to him. Where is so he? Sorry. I don't know. We might have to uh, send out the bat signal for him. Yeah. Please get him Come on, on the podcast. Get him on the show. I have some, I have some questions. You know what, Todd Haley, if you stumble upon this podcast and want to come on as a guest, you are going to be more than welcome. The floor is yours. 
it's all yeah yours, maybe we baby. can just start bringing on like scorned brown <laughs> that's my dream we should oh, get sashi on here guys oh, oh god Wait, where's he <gasps> he's in he's in dc right now he's in a front office position with the wizards oh, okay all right so he's uh, real? i had no idea yeah so he's doing his analytic magic with the wizards hmm. How's i that thought working? he was in like witness protection <laughs> <laughs> well in washington dc he might be <laughs> from the browns fans <laughs> yeah. well, there, there are like three browns backers bars in the dc area which i think is super awesome oh, yeah, so i uh everywhere. one of yeah there was one of them i used to go to uh when i lived there and i never realized that it was a browns backer bar until i just got curious a few weeks ago and started uh googling which bars in the area were browns backers and i was like oh i know that one it was like in arlington virginia or something i was like oh i used to go to that one i used to get really really drunk there no you're in i'm sure you're in good, good company Absolutely. Speaking of Browns fans, Meredith and Brittany, Oof. the one thing that I'm so sick of hearing, so everyone shut up about it, the whole <laughs> Kevin Stefanski needs to win games. All right. Oh, my God. Let's win some games, but it's January, so we can't win games. <laughs> oh, my. I call these people Dales. These are the Dales <laughs> of the world who say things like this. I love I'm, that it's just proven on the field, man. Wait, he didn't I go out and win games? Didn't I say that on the podcast last week? <laughs> I think I did. I can't. These people. Oh my! Gosh. Do they have like a string of like twenty-five numbers after their name? Because if that's the case, then I don't even. I don't even take anything they say seriously. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Dave four five three four five eight nine three five seven four. <laughs> No, but it would be one thing if they just said things like stupid things like this, like, I don't care if you want to impress me, which, first of all, Dale, he doesn't want to impress you. He doesn't care about you. <laughs> so stop. Um, but then they go a step further and they criticize people for being excited about this or looking for the potential of this and saying, hey, you know what? I think he's getting a nice you know, group of, of coaches together. I think everything seems to be coming along real nicely. Well, just show me on the field. Like, I like okay. I like Dale's voice. It's almost as good as your football guy voice. <laughs> Can Dale have a conversation with the football guy? Yes. <laughs> Guys, I'm, I'm like that. Um, did you ever see the movie Split? The M. Night Shyamalan movie where he has all these identities? No. No, that's I haven't me. seen it. Okay. <laughs> that's Maybe me. that's the wrong one. That's how my life is going to hell. <laughs> oh. Okay, so my second issue with Browns fans, so it's the shut up and win games. Mm-hmm. My second are the fans that are mocking us for being excited about the Kevin Stefanski and those that are saying... You don't win in the off season. You always like. I'm just yeah. so sick of the whole. We always win in the off season. Okay, right. right. Well, it's like we should win in the off season, <laughs> right? I mean, of course, we should try to win all the time. Um, I, we can't go on the football field right now, guys. Is we're not we're not invited to the Super Bowl. Okay, like sorry. <sighs> I I wish we were. But I mean, we're not. we've got a few guys in the Pro Bowl. I think what we have: Joel Batonio, Nick Chubb. I think Jarvis Landry's Jarvis. in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys watch the Pro Bowl? Um, I watch like a quarter of it, and then yeah, I, I I'll watch it for like a quarter, and then that, and then I'll remember why I don't care about the Pro Bowl, and then I turn it off. Browns fans were kind of mad that Jarvis is going to play in it. Did you guys see that? No. Well, yeah. yeah, he was supposed to have surgery, and I guess now he's not getting surgery. Oh anymore. yeah, I saw that. Yeah, because OBJ had surgery today for his um, oblique or ab muscle. So there was, I guess, whatever um, injury had been ailing him throughout the season, he got surgery for it this morning. The sports hernia that we're not allowed to call a sports hernia. Yeah, it has a new yeah. name now. Yeah, which I don't even core muscle tear or something. <laughs> so sure, it's like call it what it okay, is. which is fine with me because I never understood what sports hernia meant anyway. You know what I mean? Like what? because he got it playing a sport is that what like i don't know i've wondered that there are so many things that like i wonder sometimes that i won't say out loud like the whole todd monkin thing i up until like the fourth week of the season i forgot we even had an offensive yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he would show up every thursday for his yeah. press conference somebody had mentioned it they like dm me on instagram or something they're like oh we wonder what he, i was like wait what offensive coordinator? <laughs> like to me, Freddie was just it, and I completely forgot that he even existed. So. Freddie, Freddie's split personality is the offensive coordinator. <laughs> oh, that's the truth. We so like two other things happened last week that I'm also annoyed by. There's a lot of things mm-hmm. that were annoying me. You're right. This is like just the everything week. is stupid. Everything is stupid. <laughs> everything week. is stupid. So we had 
OBJ, the 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 butt slap scene around the world, which I don't even want to talk about. Oh my gosh, that also, was a week ago. We didn't even talk ago. about that. A oh week god, ago. and then also like Tristan Thompson got ejected on Friday oh, night yeah, against the, another butt slap, like <laughs> butt slapping Jay Crowder. So listen, I'm f- all for slapping butts. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot stress this enough. Slap all the butts you can. Always. Oh, okay. Well, we know Britney's stance on that. So after the butt slap happened, legit, I log on to Twitter and I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Here we go. Everybody that wanted OBJ a year ago in a trade that celebrated having him come to the Browns and essentially deemed us Super Bowl champions in March of 2019, speaking of winning the offseason, we're also on Twitter essentially saying, trade OBJ, he's a distraction, visors, cleats, butt slaps, watches, <laughs> watches, <laughs> butt slaps, get him out, distraction, neck. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. If OBJ slapped your butt, it would be extremely distracting. If OBJ slapped my butt, I would never wash it again. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't even say what I. I think I texted you guys. I can't yeah, we 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 uh yeah we had our little group text where we talked about how we would react to a OBJ, An OBJ butt slap. Yeah, we say some pretty gross things in that group chat. <laughs> we yeah, do. we do. One of these days when we're safe, we might just like randomly screenshot pieces of it and post it just for <laughs> just for content purposes. Be like, hey guys, this is how we prep for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so true. But I feel bad, you know, with the whole OBJ thing, like. Have you guys ever, have you two ever been in New Orleans? No. Yes. I have not. Okay. Like, we all do stupid things there, right? He was drunk. Exactly. Like, of course, everyone in New Orleans is drunk, like, all the time. I remember when I, I went there for my 30th birthday when I threw myself a funeral. And, (laughs) um, (laughs) number one, um, I didn't know that you could just take booze with you. Yes. Yes. I know. That was (gasps) shocking. I was shocked. I was first of all I was sold in that moment I was like I'm never going back to Ohio because I was just (laughs) walking around with like you know in a paper bag just drinking like Jameson or whatever like walking in the streets and it was cool and everyone liked it but then um oh god I'm trying there's also like naked women that just hang out outside of their wherever they're performing that night like seriously there's just like boobs everywhere yeah it's so if he grabbed and also like i i've never respected him more than i did in that moment honestly when he grabbed that megaphone and just started screaming i was like oh, i want to be this drunk one day <laughs> I want this megaphone. is a new goal for me i mean if if virginia tech ever won a, a national championship for college football i would be slapping everybody's butt right. i'd be so damn excited at like no one would be safe around me yeah, but unfortunately, this gave all the the OBJ haters, I guess you could call them, the fuel they needed to say, oh, he's such a distraction, get him out of here. Even though it had nothing to do with the Browns, he wasn't, you know, they're like, he's representing the team. It's the offseason. He's at his alma mater. They, you know, they they just won. Like, leave the guy alone. Can he just live a little bit? I know. And, like, unfortunately, like, yeah, he probably shouldn't have done that. Like, he probably sure. shouldn't have done that. And the fact that he's OBJ is the fact that it gets blown out of proportion. Like, that that's the reality. But, like, can we keep that same energy when there are actual men in the NFL that beat women? Thank you. Yes. We Amen. applaud Amen. when they get second chances. But you guys don't want to give you. OBJ a second chance when he wears a million-dollar watch or his visor is a different color. Like, exactly. just stop. Just stop. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Brie, I love feisty Brie. I'm sorry. And then I'm also (laughs) going to get mad at the Baker's fat crowd. Y'all shamed a guy into getting a Peloton, putting it in a room with no other furniture, and having his wife record him on it. He's the scared Peloton wife now. Yeah. You broke him. Oh, poor guy. So, and and I'll say this, uh, I'm going to stick up for for a fat Baker. Um, You know what? If... If Baker is a little on the chubby side, I don't care as long as he's producing. Because here's the thing. You don't have to have 12% body fat to be athletic. And I'm going to stick up for the fat athletic guy because I have witnessed it. Uh, I also had to stick up for the fat athletic guy on another podcast that I was on in the Blue Wire Network. It's called Big Screen Sports. It's hosted by uh, Kyle Banduho. And if you love sports movies, I highly recommend this podcast. It's called Big Screen Sports. Um, I did Brink with him about a month ago, and I had to defend the chubby 
athletic kid, but it's possible. Like if you see like Chris Farley when he was on SNL with Patrick Swayze doing the Chippendales dance, like that was crazy athletic. And that's just kind of like where I'm at, where it's like if Baker's not producing, then he needs to figure something out. But if it's not a result of his weight, leave him alone. And then we saw at the uh, Conor McGregor fight on Saturday night, he had a picture posted of him where he was wearing a white T-shirt that was actually that actually fit. And he really didn't look that chubby in that T-shirt. Okay, wait, I have a question though about the white t-shirt thing. So I saw you tweet someone and you're like, he's in a white t-shirt. Like, oh, what yeah. Is this? So, okay. So that was that was one of our friends. It was like, oh, black is a forgiving color or something like that. Because I guess that's the uh, whole thing where like. So white is not. A yeah. Color yeah. Right? Okay. Well, yeah, because white's kind of see through. So if you've got some rolls like whites, you know, it's going to be visible through a white shirt versus wearing a black shirt. And that was the point okay. that I was arguing was, you know, like because because our friend was trying to argue that he was wearing black. And I think he was referring to the original video that Emily posted um, where he looked kind of chubby, but like he was wearing an ill-fitted shirt. It was a bad angle. It was a baggy shirt. It was a black shirt. And then on Saturday night, he's wearing a white t-shirt and he looks completely different. And I'm like, white doesn't hide anything. Yeah. I also think he wore that hat to like try to distract from the fat shaming. Like he was like, I'm going to get this ridiculous hat, wear it to the fight to distract from everyone, (laughs) like from looking at my body. (laughs) I saw someone tweet and they said, I'm wearing this hat because it's the only thing that fits. <laughs> oh. That's so sad. <laughs> like, it's all so mean. I feel like we talk about Fat Baker more than any, anything on this pod. Maybe. Well, and it's like our most favorite thing other than what was that segment we had before about Freddie? Oh, um, yeah. Fire um, Freddie. Freddy. Ask Freddie. Yes. Fire Freddie. Well, here's another thing. So for all the people who are fat shaming Baker, what's your body fat percentage? Exactly. Boom. Are you are you sitting there on 12% body fat with rippling Miles Garrett muscles? No. no. Probably not. So leave him alone. Yeah. Yes. Lay off. Lay off leave, Baker. Leave Baker alone. Let him live. Leave also- Bakery alone. <laughs> January like come on like aren't you guys just eating and just getting warm from all of the food that you're eating yeah and it was like, like it was like 10 degrees in Cleveland this week like we need a little extra padding it's yeah. cold outside yeah let him live <laughs> all right. he's well, got he's got what like another seven months or so to kind of get back into shape like for someone who's athletic as he is like seven months is enough time for him to fine. yeah to get into playing shape we'll see how also, he looks at OTAs one more thing that I want to get into in regards to, like, you know, all this Baker obsession. Um, I posted that picture that Emily oh, wife yeah. posted. And I said, oh, tough day for the fat Baker crowd. And because he looked very slim. Apparently, it was like an older picture and she just put it up there, which I didn't know because. And let me explain why I didn't know, guys. I didn't know because I don't track his every move like you do. <laughs> you have an obsession with yes. the man. And it's terrifying. Joe. (laughs) Hi, Joe. I know. Joe is on their Instagram. They've got a a Baker of the Month poster. And they're so quick about it, too. Imagine if they paid attention to, like, their girlfriends this much. I mean, do they have girlfriends to pay attention to? Well, imagine if they pay attention to, like, their wives. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm pretty sure most of them are married. Yeah. Uh, They probably... Yeah, they're probably like trying to track what Baker's eating. I mean, these are the same people that are tracking planes. Yeah, right. So it's not really it's not a, it's not a shock to me. They're they're like Joe hacking into his MyFitnessPal to to count his <laughs> calories and to make sure that he's eating the right things every day. Yeah. And then if he's and not, they're like they're gonna start sending him like plated meals or something. <laughs> this could get mad if you don't know what Baker's like. Well, you should know that this is an old picture. Oh, sorry, I don't stalk people. Sorry, <laughs> Joe. <people>. Joe. <laughs> Suckers are Joes. <laughs> This could be a Dale origin. I feel like Dale's calling fat a lot. Yeah, for sure. Well, this could be... I'm going to just put on my tinfoil hat for a minute for a conspiracy theory. Yes, my favorite. Yes. This is is a very far reach. Do you remember in... After one of the games in the post-game presser when he threw the athletic training staff under the bus? Yeah. I forget. I think it was like in defense of OBJ, but he probably shouldn't have said it. Yeah. I wonder... Yeah, Yeah, I tweeted that video... Yes. I wonder if the training staff is like, oh, Baker, you should try this like new diet. It's like the Mean Girls where they're like giving him these. The calcine bars. Yes. And like they tell him it's going to like you're going to lose weight, but really he's gaining weight. Is butter a carb? (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. Just saying. He might not have some friends in that training room. Oh, are we going to start calling him Regina George now? Regina. Yeah. <laughs> no, the trainer. Yeah. The re- wait. Aren't the trainers Regina George? No, Baker's Regina George. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because it was Lindsay Lohan. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're, they're feeding him the Kelty bars and it's like, I keep gaining weight. No, it's it's the water weight man. It just burns it up like that. They're Swedish. <laughs> Oh, well, I think we've had enough Browns talk for the night. Hopefully uh, next episode we have some more coaching staff that gets filled out. Maybe a GM. We'll see. Hopefully, yeah, the Senior Bowl is going on this weekend. As far as I know, there aren't any Browns representatives down there because there's no GM. There's no one to scout. Like, they might have people down there, but normally the people that go down to the Senior Bowl are the GMs to, you know, watch these players play and to talk to them. You know, it's... The Senior Bowl is the second biggest draft event outside of the Combine. So the fact that the Browns don't have a GM and don't have a GM down there, like, that's not great. So, I don't know. Maybe. Trust in Zaddy. I don't know. In Zaddy we trust. Zaddy we trust. (laughs) He got this. Hashtag Coach Zaddy. (laughs) All right. So we're going to talk about something far more Boring. boring. <laughs> oh, come on. Which is oh, the, the, come on, guys. <laughs> which Rude. is the MLB. Uh, and I'm going to just, I'm going to pass this over to Meredith and Brittany for the most part because I don't really have a lot to say on this. But the Houston Astros are caught in a cheating scandal. If if you don't know this, you're living under the rock. Yeah, it's it's been like one of the biggest... Um, stories it's been dominating and it's kind of interesting because in a week that's normally NFL dominated with NBA as a secondary everyone was talking about Major League Baseball Mm -hmm. and it was in a sense that that can be good for Major League Baseball that everyone is talking about them but then in a sense it's also bad because this is a really really ugly thing that happened and if there's more than if it was more than just the Astros like Major League Baseball could have a problem on their hands with this if you know for people who you know want to have purity of the game and and mike clevenger just went off yeah he um, did a few I did days see those ago tweets. yeah so he tweeted and then um trevor bauer had him on his momentum channel to talk about it too and he just like he did not hold back and also if you haven't seen that video i highly recommend it just for the pure fact that Mike Clevenger is sitting there cussing up a storm, calling the uh, the Astros players MFers, all while getting a tattoo. So it's a great video. Yeah, that was intense. Yeah. Can I, and- can I ask an opinion, though, on Mike Clevenger's tweets? Because essentially he was threatening the MLB to do something or he's going to take it into his own hands and start just hitting the players. Like yeah, with so, his pitches. Like, it's just like... <laughs> but why? that's the thing that happens, like, all... that. So, like, beating batters happens all the time. And I've tweeted about it before. Like, I think that it's such a coward thing to being a batter. And yeah. I got... Like, I remember Cole Hamels did it to Bryce Harper in his freshman year. And it just made me so mad because they had asked him about it after the game. And Cole Hamels was like, oh, well, he's just... You know, he's young and arrogant, so I wanted to teach him a lesson. And I'm like... Okay, so you don't teach him a lesson by throwing a ball at him. You teach him a lesson by striking his ass out. Like, do your job and stop being a child. Like, there are people who are pro-beaning in Major League Baseball. I am not. Like, I think that's so stupid. Like, if you want to prove, like, if you want to get back at a batter, if you want to prove them wrong, if someone said something that made you mad, then you've got to strike their ass out. That's the only to me, that's the only thing that really makes you look like a man and look like you're really teaching somebody a lesson. I basically want baseball to be like wrestling. So I, <laughs> I, we are not on the same page with this. Well, the night well the night that uh, the Indians traded for Yasiel Puig, he got into a bench clearing brawl. So there was that. Yeah, and who, oh my gosh, remember last year when uh, I forget it was the Reds pitcher. He fought like the entire Pittsburgh. Oh Pirates. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that night. That was the same night. Yeah, that's what oh I was talking gosh. about. That was like my favorite moment of the year. Literally, I think that was my favorite moment of the entire year. It had nothing to do with the Indians or anything. it was just this uh, Garrett something. That was I think that was his name. But no, like he just I I still dream about that. And I had somebody <laughs> I had somebody put it to the uh, the Titanic. Titanic yes. yes, and it was just epic. I st- I think I'm gonna watch that tonight before I go to bed. Actually, yeah, I might watch it too. Because like, so like, I don't have a problem with with guys in baseball getting, um, 
I guess, emotional like that and, and getting aggressive in that way. Like, I mean, I'm, I don't think that there necessarily needs to be a bench clearing brawl every time, but it's like hockey fights. Like it's, it's entertaining, it's fun and and people enjoy it. But, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just, I don't like the idea of, of pitchers beating batters, but I did enjoy Clev's Twitter rant because, and if you watched the um, interview that he did on Momentum, you know, it was, he had a lot of really insightful things to say because one of the things that he was talking about was the idea of, um, you know, being in the minor leagues and living in his mother's basement and being completely broke and eating ramen and not knowing, you know, whether or not he was going to make it to the majors. And one of the things about baseball is that you can be reassigned to double A in the minor leagues at any time. So even if yeah. you get up to the majors, you don't necessarily stay there. And that was the part that made Mike Clevenger so mad is, you know, he's like, you work your ass off to and do everything right to make it to the majors. And then you might get sent back down to the minor leagues because, you know, there's someone with electronics stealing your signs and hitting dingers off of you every single time. Like you're doing everything right. They're doing everything wrong. And it's costing the pitcher his livelihood you know, his his career and, you know, making them question whether or not they're really meant out like cut out for for Major League Baseball. And that's a really fair point. And I think that, you know, the the things that also and this is probably where I need to like go off and just rant and get so upset. The Astros had their fan fest this past weekend and Jose Altuve, when he was asked about uh, the cheating scandal. He goes, oh, it's it's no big deal. We'll be back in the World Series. People don't think we will, but we're going to get there. And it's like, no, shut the shut the F up. Like, no one thinks that you're not going to get back into the World Series. That's the part that makes me so mad about that t- 2017 Astros is that they were talented enough to win the World Series without cheating. And they should be embarrassed that they had that they felt like they had to cheat to get there. They didn't. Ugh. That was like that 2017 Astros team is probably one of the most talented teams in baseball. They did not need to cheat. And it's dumb that they did. And it's infuriating. And the fact that Jose Altuve is like trying to play this underdog card, like, God, get out. Like, that's not who you are. And it's so annoying. And people have lost their jobs and you're getting off scot-free. Alex Bregman is getting off scot-free. Like, Carlos Beltran lost his job before he even had the opportunity to show that he could be a good GM because of this. And like, and I even put in the rundown that I almost feel bad for him because players have not been touched in this scandal. It has all been the the management side. Carlos Beltran was the only player that got named in this scandal and the Mets decided to fire him for it. He was and I guess there were rumblings that he was going to get a suspension. But it's like, man, if he just hadn't retired, if he had stayed a player for a little bit longer, he'd still be in baseball right now. Hold on. Can I just pause you for a second? Yeah. Yeah. I have a legitimate question. I need to take a breath. So, yes. <laughs> when when did Carlos Beltran retire? <laughs> uh, I think he I think he retired in like like 2017 after the Astros won the World Series. And then I think he was like a bench coach or something with the Yankees. And then the Mets named him as GM. And then. So wait, did he, he got fired from the Mets then. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yes. For, for something that happened with the Astros. Yeah, because he well, because he was the, yeah, because he was the only player whose name was named in in this cheating scandal um as as someone who knew what was going on and someone who was actively participating but there was that video of i think it was altuve when he was like running he hit a home run or something i'm sorry like i don't follow any of this with but the like, mic yes yeah he was like don't don't touch don't take my shirt off don't take my shirt. you saw yeah i, wasn't I know yeah i know yeah i know what you're talking about so there were also rumors that was started by like a burner account that was supposedly carlos beltran's niece but then wasn't his niece then was his niece i can't even keep track oh wait is this when our incarcerated bob comes in yes this like and then they were saying that um that Car- the Carlos Bel- Beltran niece burner account was actually incarcerated Bob like it was just like it was so strange so anyway this this Twitter account was claiming that in addition to the video equipment in addition to the trash cans and the whistling and everything else the Astros were using that they also had like buzzers on them and as Wait. a way to signal like underneath their jersey so that was time, the rumor time out time out time out what are you talking about trash cans so that's one of the ways that the Astros cheated was they had um, video cameras that 
filmed the like the signs from the pitchers and the catchers and then mm-hmm. they would relay that to the dugout and then they would like bang on the trash cans like one bang was a fastball like two bangs was a change up <laughs> three so bangs stupid. was a slider yeah oh my god why didn't they just learn morse code and, like, <laughs> blink at each other that would have been a lot right that would have been smart they see i think of all kinds of ways for these people to cheat yes i didn't know, like i i haven't been following obviously so like it seems like the astros were like cheating cheating yeah i mean so using the help of technology is cheating cheating like stealing signs is not necessarily cheating if you're able to figure out a pitcher's tell it's like playing poker like if you can figure out a person's tell when they're bluffing if you can figure out a tell you know when they've got a royal flush like that's not cheating that's just being able to read people but when you have technology that's like the equivalent of counting cards in poker so there are like layers of cheating in baseball like okay like if you're in a relationship Oh God! Delay, right. layers, of like layers of cheating. Like I, there's emotional, there's yeah, physical. There's emo- yeah, like if you kiss someone, or you know, I think about things like, well, if I would like go out to do something, you know, like this with my grandma, then spending time with this person in this capacity isn't really like right. Not that I've ever done that, but like that would be my mindset if I did. You could use baseball analogy. If I get to first base, it's this. If I get to second right? base, no, I'm the layers of cheating, the layers man. of cheating. Uh, so this Trevor, I don't, I don't... Trevor Bauer was on. Pardon my take. Um, I think on Monday, Monday or Sunday night. Yeah, and, it was within the past few days. Yeah, so they asked actually asked him that question, and he elaborated on like the layers of cheating too, and he did acknowledge that there is sign stealing already happening in baseball, and. Mm-hmm they said well what what would you consider like over the top and he essentially said like the use of any type of like technology or like battery powered devices that essentially take it to the next level and he did say that um, a year ago or two years ago the MLB actually installed a 15 second delay um, for broadcast because in the dugout TVs were actually on so they were watching the game live and getting signs by watching the actual game that was being played oh yeah so they ended up putting the game on a delay it's so like there's just I mean look at the just major league baseball though in general like you've had corked bats the use of PEDs like there's always mm-hmm. these players are always looking for an edge to get ahead mm-hmm. so it just, like the tradition of baseball is essentially tainted listen can I just say something yes say it I just want to bring all the cheating back to baseball. <laughs> like, all of it. So have it because, like, be, essentially be like the wild, wild west? Yes, it's just a free for Everyone can do whatever they Lawless. want. Lawless. Because here's the thing. Like, baseball, of course, as you know, I used to love baseball. It was, like, my favorite thing. Um, you, have the, years, you have the Indians' birthday been... cakes to prove it. Yeah, like, seriously, it was my life. I, the Indians were, like, the love of my life. But over the years, it's just become too much. And, like, now I can't... I literally... I was, you know, coming up with this rundown. And I'm like, oh, my God. It dawned on me that I'm going to have to, like, watch baseball now that I have, I have a podcast and I'm going to have to talk about it. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. And, like, how awesome would it be if it were, like, the way it used... When everyone was, like, on steroids. <laughs> so- and people were just launching home runs all the time. Remember when it was Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, and they had, like... Yeah, that was... That summer of home runs. Yeah, that was such oh an exciting God. summer. Like, every everyone was paying attention yeah. to baseball at that point. Yeah. So, like, Major League Baseball has this... Well, they have a lot of problems. But, like, one of them is just, like, you're losing... Your your target demographic now is probably like in their fifties, sixties, like old no, guys. Way older than that. Yeah, pro- yeah you're probably right. And then <laughs> and then like <laughs> and then the generous. random female millennial like me. Yeah, like there you go. <laughs> but like, how do you how do you make this more interesting? How do you appeal to a younger audience? You know, everyone loves NFL because it's violent. The NBA is fast. Baseball is just slow, and it's kind of cool to go to games like, in person if you can afford to. That's fine, but just watching on TV, like, just bring cheating back. Let them all cheat all the time. So, and, like, <laughs> I want it to be, like, um, remember that roller derby thing where those women were, like, on skates just, like, you know, punching each other? And well, they weren't necessarily punching. Oh, yeah, like, roller derby is a real thing, and you can, uh, yeah. yeah, you can, like, always, like, nudge and, like, 
beat yeah, people like, out of the way. I want them. I want them with that intense, just doing whatever they want. And you're like, yeah. I've always, I've always basically. secretly wanted to do Stop. roller derby, but I, I think I'm too small. Like I would, I would get killed. <laughs> I would get yeah, murdered yeah. if I did roller derby. You and Brie are way too small. <laughs> <laughs> I could fit you in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so I have the solution for uh, for your lawless baseball. I think what needs to happen is there needs to be a second league, kind of like how the XFL is. Uh, Vince McMahon's trying to bring back the XFL. Uh, yeah. There needs to be um, like an XLB, like an extra league baseball or something like that. So you can have your major league baseball. And then I think for the guys who are either fighting for their spots in in the majors or maybe not quite there on the lower levels they can go in the xlb and it's literally lawless baseball everything and anything goes like you can have buzzers on your chest you can steal your signs uh you can punch a guy in the face as you're rounding first like yeah, go for the it that i want to see and i think america would like that xlb like know, let's make it happen want, I no i don't want a separate league i just want that in major league baseball now i feel like the thing that there's a disconnect between me and like baseball purists and people who you know just love the sport Ugh. like i can't the tradition that yes the tradition the romance <laughs> all the stuff that like makes me want to throw up yeah Brittany hates romance like... so. <laughs> <laughs> no but like you just you need to find ways to appeal and what's more appealing than guys slamming home runs out of the park because they're all you know roided up and i don't think like, that's cool. i don't think the mlb though wants their players to like have personalities like that's what bothers me the most and that's a you, problem yeah that is you, a huge problem you look at the yeah. nba and like that's why they're thriving because they have these personalities and oh yeah they have these players that have these shoe deals there's so many kids that want to look like them and dress like them and be like them like all ages all genders and then you have the mlb which like they're just guys that go out and perform and they play a lot of games for nine months out of the year and nobody can actually point them out of a crowd like right like if, if mike trout he's amazing right superstar like he's gonna go in the hall of fame one day but like if he were standing next to me i'd I, have no I, idea I literally i would not know who it is zero like i really wouldn't and that makes me sad because baseball has really dropped the ball on that there's so many things that they could be doing differently to market themselves, and they're not. And I'm like, I'm not even being goofy about the cheating thing right now. Just like as a marketing standpoint, you need to find ways to make this more appealing for the younger demographic, or you're going to lose it completely. Yeah, I mean, and that argument has been going on forever because it's absolutely true. And it just, it's mind boggling to me that Major League Baseball has personalities like Bryce Harper and Trevor Bauer. Like those two guys, not only are they, well, Trevor Bauer's production has fallen off, but they're, they're great ball players but they're also amazing villains like they are so comfortable in that like heel role and then you've got guys like francisco lindor who's just so <laughs> happy and beautiful and such a great personality yeah. like all in wrestling the time would be a baby face yes so you got your you got your heels and you see it just writes itself guys it really does do like anything. there yeah and there's there's so many baseball teams there's so many games and there's so much that major league baseball can do to get people interested and they just don't do it and i don't understand why and it's so it's so angering and it's so frustrating frustrating because nothing makes me happier than when someone comes and enjoys a baseball game with me and then it you know makes me sad you know Brittany and Brianna when I hear you guys say like oh I'm not interested in baseball and it doesn't make me it makes me sad more than angry because I'm like I want you to love what I love and I want you to see what I see but I can also understand why you don't and and it's the same reason why a lot of people don't and it's a completely fair reason like it's well, yeah and then Major League Baseball remember last year they had that uh, marketing slogan where it's like let the boys play or whatever it was Ugh, what a and then like the first slogan. week is they, they suspended that guy I think it was someone in Chicago the White Sox maybe uh, for flipping his yeah. bat yep. when he got a home run. Oh, it's like, okay. Yeah. I, I love bat flips. Like, one of my favorite yeah. moments in the World Series was when Juan Soto literally carried the bat all the way to first. And then when he was asked <laughs> about it after the game, he made a comment and, like, threw it back at uh, Alex Bregman and was like, oh, well, I saw him do it, and it looked cool, so I wanted to do it, too. Like, <laughs> yeah, like yes, bat flipping is awesome. Yes, we I am pro-bat flipping. Same. And I think we wanted to talk a little bit about the Indians specifically and their logo. And I think Pretty and I can clarify, though, like, it's not that I don't like baseball. I actually, much like you, Brittany, baseball, I was in love with. And like, mm -hmm. 
my my middle school years, Kenny Lofton, I legit was obsessed with him. I wore number seven. I played center field. I mm-hmm. fell in love with softball because of him. And my parents would pull me out of school to go to the Indians games. I I loved watching them. I was obsessed. Like I was obsessed. And now, like I want to see their personalities. But outside yeah. of the own team that you root for, I actually find it really hard to sit there and watch other teams play. But on the other hand, like NFL and NBA, I will actually watch teams that I don't root for and enjoy it. But the MLB, yes. it's like unless it's the Indians, I actually have no interest in watching the game outside of playoffs and wild card games. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm with you 100%. Yeah, like I mean for baseball I'll watch specific teams because of somebody that I want to see. Like I'll watch like I was such a fan of Clay- Clayton Kershaw forever and ever so I would watch Dodgers games, like I'll watch Brewers games cuz I love Christian Yelich, like you know, I I've got the players that I love and that I love watching and so like those are the teams that I'll watch outside of the Nationals and the Indians, but it, it, it it's true and it is hard and it's also a little weird because you do have different rules in the national league versus the american league um so i actually really like those cross league games where you get pitchers like being forced to hit like <laughs> that's always great to see trevor bauer like go up to bat and be like oh god what am i doing <laughs> yeah i'm not a fan of that <laughs> so but yeah i mean that's i mean and that's just one of those like never ending arguments about major league baseball is just they have so much material to work with and they're just you know they're leaving it they're leaving it folded up in the back of the closet and forgetting about it yeah and we're at the point of um the season that hasn't even started yet but the indians fans are in a battle because of the logo um again again yeah (laughs) yeah so it's logo wars for baseball we have (laughs) We, every team has its own issue. So it's logo wars for the Indians. And it's Chief Wahoo versus the Block C versus the Script I. And apparently oh uh, the Script I is returning for batting practice. And everybody is up in arms about it. So what do you guys think? I actually kind of like this, the Script I. This is why I, again, this is why I can't connect <laughs> with baseball fans. Because who the hell? <laughs> I know. It's so true. <laughs> Like they just, they tweeted out a picture of this hat with the script I, which is something that we've seen before. You know, it was around for a long time in the, what was it, early 2000s? It was like their thing. But why does anyone. It doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. Like, it, seriously, I don't understand. It, it, it's not just with Indians fans. It's not. Because anytime there's any kind of new uniform. Oh, the Browns are going like, to release one. Yes. So we'll get into that. Uh, oh, God. Anytime the Cavs release. Like, we <laughs> sit there. And it, I'm sorry, but it's usually guys who sit here and, like, <laughs> so do this. True. It really is. Because I, I got to be honest. I'm gonna just going to confess something here. I can't tell the difference between the Browns uniforms, like, now <laughs> from, like, 2004. <laughs> like, they all look exactly the same. T- I can't tell the difference. And I'm a female. Like, I feel like our eyes are, like, prone to notice these things. But men, oh, my God, they live and, and breathe these uniforms. Well, there's, like, like guys, I don't know. There's, like, an entire website and Twitter account called UD Watch that's, like, dedicated to pointing out like this how the stitching is different in uniforms like it is i i followed that account on twitter for i don't know maybe a year or so but after a while it was too much and i'm like i really don't care about any of this at all like there are some like i know that i feel like i'm on an island when um with the browns uniforms i like the pants that the white pants that say browns down the side but I feel like I'm the only See, one who I likes those. Even, I don't even know the, those existed. Like, yeah, they, I don't pay I don't attention know, to any of those. I don't know if they wore them this year, but I mean, like there are uniform con, con like combos that I look at and say, oh yeah, I really like that. But you know, I'm not going to get mad that they're not wearing their color rush uniforms every single week. Yeah, but yeah, this is the the script I came back and everyone. So well, it. okay. So hopefully we have baseball fans that listen to this podcast. Why don't you tweet at us and let us know like what are, like because I I'm curious about this too. Like I really I don't care about the block C versus the script I. So like why is this getting you up in arms? Like why are you so upset about this? Like seriously. Like I'm not being facetious. Let us know. Like I really want to know why you're upset by this. But if your answer includes Chief Wahoo, just don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't add us with that. Bree, you want to talk about the poll today that ken carmen did oh god oh yeah okay so ken carmen <laughs> just to, just sound exhausted by it on nine yeah i am exhausted i'm over here yawning like this i can't even believe this so he <laughs> tweeted out um ken carmen show on 92.3 the fan um a twitter poll today that 
brought the Chief Wahoo crowd out and essentially asked the question, would you rather the Indians make the playoffs in 2020 or Chief Wahoo return to the uniform in 2020? I mean, okay, here's the good news. 3,000 votes in and 73% said that the Indians make the playoffs. So whoever the 27% is, go F yourself. Okay, yeah. No, that, that number for <laughs> Indians making the playoffs should be 100%. Yeah, like, come that, on. That, that should be 100%. But like he, they tweeted this out knowing damn well the people were gonna say Chief Wahoo returns because we he for some reason he plays he I say it like it's an actual person this character plays such an, a vital part of your guys's childhood and it's like did you fall in love with the team or with the logo yeah Let's be honest yeah. here. Yeah, I mean, and it's not like the Indians getting rid of Chief Wahoo means that all of the Chief Wahoo gear that you currently own is just going to, like, disappear, like, in Back to the Future. Like, you still have it. You still own it. Nobody's <laughs> stopping you from wearing it. So, right. I mean, if it's that important to you, then wear your Chief Wahoo hat because you paid good money for it. Like, it's not going to disappear. Like, you're not going to be banned from Progressive Field because you're wearing a hat with Chief Wahoo on it. Like, exactly. I don't know. I, I just That I don't understand. That is so, that is, like, such a bizarre argument to me oh yeah they're in love with chief wahoo yeah i this are we done with this yeah (laughs) (laughs) is that how we're ending right now yeah this is like the saddest way to end because we're just so exhausted with these arguments it's exhausting it's exhausting defending baker mayfield's fatness it's exhausting defending obj it's exhausting defending the indians it's everything everything is stupid this week all right and we're gonna do it all again next week (laughs) but you know what's not stupid is uh subscribing rating reviewing and interacting with us on twitter that is not stupid Yes. yes we love you guys we always appreciate the tweets and the support thank you for your reviews for referring us on twitter there have been a lot of people um, recommending us with the same likes as joe thomas and andrew hawkins um and their podcast which is pretty incredible uh so thank you make sure you subscribe via itunes spotify or stitcher and we'll be back next week